500,000 years ago, an elk was struck by lightning and lived. The ache of it stayed in her bones the rest of her life. There was no human there to see it or to record it in words, yet it's just as much a part of Earth's essential history as any song lingering in a billion human minds. Welcome to the Crypto Naturalist. Listener, I'm sitting here in a dark, swampy patch of Mississippi woods on an old mossy log next to a cheerful little fire. The campfire smoke smells like heaven, so I forgive it for stinging my eyes whenever the breeze shifts my way. And just how much do I love that night breeze, the way it ebbs and flows in the pitchy blackness beneath the trees, bringing me the smells of earth and plants and all the creatures that the breeze knows without naming, understands without judging, analyzing, or categorizing the way us young humans do. But, now listen to me. I'm here to do science, and I'm sliding into poetry. I gotta admit... Sometimes the two overlap in my mind to such a degree that I have trouble telling the two apart. Of course, the truth is there are countless reasons why a body might want to be sitting in these lovely woods on such a lovely night, with just a few tattered clouds sailing past the full moon in a bright, starry sky. That said, this particular body is here for one reason— to witness a beautiful, crypto-natural phenomenon folks around here call the Green Stranger. Very little is known about this topic, though, as usual, I suspect Cassandra knows more than she's telling me, considering that she scouted out this particular location. Around these parts, the Green Stranger is known as, well... Both a fireside story and a fireside phenomenon. You see, the folk tales center on campers sitting around a dwindling campfire in the small hours of the night, their chins falling to their chests, fighting a losing battle against sleep, driven to stay awake and prolong the magic and fellowship of camping. When, suddenly... A drowsy camper among them notices that there's an extra body sitting in the circle of flickering orange light. An ill-defined silhouette, like a person-shaped patch of underbrush, glowing a faint, mossy green. Now, the old fella at the Waffle House who spun me that yarn gave me the impression that it was supposed to be a spooky story. I guess it's supposed to work on the fear of the unknown, which, listeners, you may not be surprised to hear is not exactly one of my chief fears. Oh, hold on a second. 
Now, what do we have here? The firelight is faded down to nothing, even though I see no earthly reason for it to do so. All right. Now the light's returning to normal. And I am no longer alone. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. A visitor has joined me, sitting on the far side of the fire. Seems to have plopped down on an old stump, hands folded in their lap. There's no green glow to speak of. Can't quite make out any features, really. Just a fuzzy outline of a person. But listen to me forgetting my manners. Howdy, friend. Welcome to my camp. Please make yourself comfortable. Heck, you know you've got impeccable timing. You arrived just before a hidden lore segment. Let's go ahead and enjoy some short fiction together. Today's hidden lore is from Madison Trupp. Visitation number one. I am alone in a swamp at night. I lie in the reeds and silt curls around my heels and mud pillows beneath my head. The heat of summer has found refuge in the substrate strafing my skin while the water laps it from my fingers and toes. Humid darkness settles heavy on my chest. In the long black sky, the moon sits at an arbitrary angle. I watch it through the slow waving fronds of grass above me. I can see its distant flaws, the imperfections of cold craters overlain by streaks of ancient eruptions. The moon is dormant and millions of miles away. There is nothing enchanting about this piece of orbiting debris, yet I crave its attention all the same. In this moment, it looks down on me, but I am fleeting and soon it will pass on to someone else. When it does pass, I feel the tracks in the mire that I have left behind. Leaves clot my hair. My fingers arch and squelch. The swamp's parasites have already begun to writhe into my pores. My rips of purple skin and black blood. Nothing croaks or chirps in the dead of this night. It tells me to sleep. So, I sleep. And I dream. And I rise from the swamp, looking down on myself, cold and dormant and millions of miles away. Ah, I think my visitor just gave the slightest of nods. I suspect we both enjoyed this one. Somehow lonesome, yet hopeful. Dark, but full of mysterious possibility. Just lovely. You know, Madison Trupp is a Canadian writer an artist with a love for haunted fantasy, escapism, and standing under streetlights on rainy nights. She writes novels for children and blog posts about writing. You can find more of her work at madisontrupp.com. The green stranger sits motionless, but there's the slightest angle to their head that suggests that they are staring into the fire.
they seem contemplative, which I'd say is a pretty universal reaction to sitting next to a campfire in the dead of night. Your immediate world shrinks to a little sphere of ancient primal illumination, and somehow this distillation of your visible world prompts the imagination to expand to a truly cosmic scale, discovering new worlds of what-ifs and why-nots. But there I go again, narrating and forgetting my hospitality. Can I offer you anything, friend? Let's see, what have I got? How about some trail mix? No? Yeah, what else is in my pack here? Macadamia nuts? Mealworms? How about some UV light? Spring water? Ancient riddles? Pop-tarts? My great British bake-off fan fiction. Anything. Can I offer you anything at all? Yeah, the quiet type, eh? Well, I'll tell you what. I have a thermos full of hot cocoa here, and I just happen to have two mugs. I'll pour you one, and you can drink it if you like. No pressure. Here you are. I'll just set that next to you. Oh, think nothing of it. My cocoa is your cocoa, friend. Let me just return to my seat here. Now, I hope you don't mind if I give a quick description of you to our listeners. Now, the Green Stranger seems to be a handsome collection of fungi, lichens, mosses, and other plant material, with what appears to be two glossy black beetles for eyes and surprisingly human teeth. In short, they're some of my favorite organisms collected together in a human shape. Honestly, I'm a little flattered that such ancient and diverse creatures would choose to take the shape of a person, let alone visit my campsite. What a treat. Oh, my. The firelight is dimming again. Oh, do you have to go so soon? There's a guest room here in my Winnebago. There's no need to rush off. Oh, there goes the light. Ah, well. The green stranger has departed with the return of the firelight. It's a shame. Ah, but look. They drank their cocoa. And they left us a little something on the stump. Looks like... Three acorns and a human jawbone. Well, that's mighty sweet of them. After all, what's an acorn but the promise of a future oak tree? And a jawbone? Well, could there be a better symbol of conversation and breaking bread together? What thoughtful gifts. Oop, my feelings are buzzing again. That means I must have a transmission. Let's head on inside of the RV and see what's come through. Huh. Well, that's unusual. I don't see any messages, but Cassandra has prompted me to press play. Well, I guess let's take a listen. <clears throat> Hello? 
I'm here transmitting on and, well, living on crypto-naturalist frequency 11-58-1. Right now, I suppose you're wondering if the radio itself has become sentient, or if my intelligence resides in something less concrete. Well, to that reasonable question, I can only say, shut up! What? Don't act like you can explain the nature of your own consciousness any better than I can. Sure, you can point to a body made of meat and say something vague about the squishy electrochemical functions of your brain. But let's not pretend that such an explanation is any more complete than mine. Can you even conceptualize how your thoughts are actually created, smarty pants? No, you can't. I live in, or through, these transmissions, and you reside in a wrinkly lump of flesh the size of a guinea pig locked inside your skull. We're both weird. It's not a contest. Anyway, I can sort of see everyone who can currently hear my voice, and I've reached the point where it feels at least a little creepy not to say hello. So, hello. Disembodied voices are nothing if not polite. See, I just made that up. I'm inventing an identity for myself as I speak. It's really an enormous amount of pressure that I simply refuse to confront. Ah, denial of responsibility. Yet another aspect of my personality unfolds. If you need me, just talk to the radio. You can call me The Transmission. Is that a confusing name for me to choose? Well, such is life. Oprah was taken. Bye. For now. Well, congratulations on your newfound sense of self, The Transmission. I, for one, am happy that you're on or through my radio. Welcome. Friends, I think I'm gonna head back out and sleep next to the fire tonight. Maybe I'll get lucky and have another visit from the green stranger. Until next time, we're all strange animals. So, act like it. Special thanks to Tim Sniffin for being the voice of the transmission. Hear more of Tim on Hello from the Magic Tavern, where he plays the mysterious man. And find more of his work at timsniffin.com. Oh, and subscribe to our new YouTube channel for upcoming bonus videos. We're currently working on a crypto-naturalist makeup tutorial, which is just as strange as it sounds. You can support the production of this show and find bonus content and exclusive episodes by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash cryptonaturalist or by visiting the Merc and support sections on cryptonaturalist.com for t-shirts, stickers, and more. You'll find information about submitting your poetry or prose for our hidden lore segments in the About sections of our website. The Crypto Naturalist is written and read by Jared K. Anderson. Stay curious, stay wild, stay weird. <laughs>